Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's just me, Paula Poundstone. I want to tell you about a HeadGum podcast I think you're going to love. Fake the Nation with Nagin Farsad, which I've done a few times now. So much fun. You may know Nagin from her TED Talk, from NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, or her book, How to Make White People Laugh. On Fake the Nation, Nagin and a rotating cast of her funniest, smartest, and most politically astute friends, people like Samantha Bee, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Paula Poundstone, Larry Wilmore, <laughs> Margaret Cho, and more. Break down the news, make you laugh, think, and deliver a gut punch to humanity. Wait, do we really want to deliver a gut punch to humanity? I thought we wanted to uplift humanity, support, <laughs> uh, protect humanity, but apparently Nagin has gone over to the dark side. I'll tell you, I, I have had so much fun doing this show. Nagin tells me that one time I role-played Naomi Osaka's publicist. I don't recall that at all, uh, but... <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to that episode and listen to it because it sounds funny. Uh, Uprox calls Fake the Nation the perfect lighthearted fit for a newsy podcast queue that needs a little levity. Meaning the news needs a little levity, <laughs> not the podcast because it is very funny. Subscribe now so you don't miss another episode of Fake the Nation airing every Thursday. Find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or, and I hate this phrase, Wherever you listen to podcasts, like none of us would figure that out. Adam. Yes? I don't know if you can hear that uh, chainsaw, but Wendell is cutting out this section of my ceiling. Yeah. And uh, as you can see, I am on uh, the end of a catapult. Yep. Yep. And, Paula, I'm uh, already I'm already worried. Uh, where are you going to be catapulting yourself to? Right through this hole in the ceiling. Isn't that sure. fucking fantastic? So yeah, but this... in, in the catapult business, a lot of us talk about landing points. It's not where you're going through. It's where you're going to land. I have a trampoline right out in my backyard, so I think it's going to be fine. <laughs> okay. And I have a sunroof on my car that's parked in the alley in case I miss <laughs> the trampoline. The sunroof is open, and I'm prepared to... Ooh, I'm starting to get a little nervous. Uh, okay. Have you tested this catapult yet? Like, do you know that a, an object, your weight, will end up on the trampoline? Yeah. Um, so, Wendell, <laughs> don't cut too much because I live in this house. I just want enough that I, when I pull the catapult back, it's going to shoot me right through that hole and up either onto the trampoline or in through the sunroof on my car. This is fantastic. Because Wendell, I would make that hole a little bigger. Because no, no, you don't want it to be too big because A, I only rent this house, and B, I don't want my landlord's nephew Nick to come have to fix the hole. Um, but you know, one of the things we've talked about, you know, among ourselves is that our shows are too long. Yeah, we drag on sometimes. Yeah, we drag things on. I, I feel personally responsible no. for that. I take my share of responsibility. Oh, Paula, in terms of feeling responsible, you totally are. So, that, so that's why. 
That's why I just want to, instead of fucking around over whether we're going to have a cold open and all that, that that's just bullshit. That's right. just tormenting the audience. So what I'm right. going to do is this grabber right off the bat. So I'm going to pull it back. Oh, Jesus. And pull it back and pull it back and. Get in. Here Get I, in. Here. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Oh, boy. When I get in, my butt kind of makes it go back another couple of feet. All right. Yeah. Okay. You should have calculated uh, that in, figured that in. Here, calculate. It's a Brazilian butt launch. All right. Here we go. <laughs> uh, five, four, three, three two. Ah, two. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, right into yeah. the fucking ceiling. Oh, oh. That looks bad. Paula, are you all right? I think I'll be all right. Wendell, can you get me some ice? I, no, I'm not going to throw that fucking ball. Get the dog off me. Oh. Okay. Wow. Well, you made yeah. a crack in the ceiling. Yeah. You know what? Why don't you guys get started? No, you know I, what? I think if you move that catapult a little <laughs> bit to the left and try again, this time I think you could go right through that hole. You think I could? Oh, I really think you could, Paula. All right, what the fuck? I, I hate to fail. Okay. Yeah, I know. Come on. Okay, I, ready? Just, look, a little more to the left. Yeah, now you're directly under that hole. Are you sure? Because I can't even see out to the sky from here. You Are you sure me. that's right? I'm not sure. I'm not in the room with you, but, you know, it depends whether you're a quitter or not, I guess. <laughs> I'm not a quitter. I'm not a quitter. Okay, ready? Okay. I'm not a quitter. I'm okay. telling you I'm not a quitter. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, you guys go on ahead. I'll be fine. Some of you went through that hole. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think I broke my nose. Uh, okay, so why don't you guys go on ahead and start the show? I just got to ice. Um, Peter? Peter? Peter's, Peter, is that you? Uh, what, Saint Peter? Peter? I thought you'd be wispier than that. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Remember back before the pandemic when me and Paula spent most of an episode eating bugs? Well, I do. Part of me never left that episode, episode 55 of Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Ooh. Well, tonight, the woman whose cuisine haunts my dreams, Allie Moore, is back with her new, more palatable venture, saving the soil of our planet by harnessing the mighty power of bug waste. As they say in the business, that's the shit. And then, put on your thinking caps, we've written a brand new bunch of brain twisters. It's the very first running of the Poundstone Riddle Invitational. I'm already scared of whatever Bonnie has come up with. Not eating bugs scared, but close. I'm Persephone. This show's busy bee, buzzing from premise to premise and extracting the useful conversational nectar that keeps our podcast ecosystem alive. And now, please welcome the woman who is to linear discourse what a swarm of locusts is to a field full of corn dogs. It's Paula Poundstone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome, Paula. 
Hey, thank, thanks to all of you uh, for being here. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm feeling good. I feel like flat. I feel a little flat. Um, a little flat, yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling a little flat. Uh, hey, you know, um, we have talked about, you know, the length of the podcast. It's been an issue. I think there's one uh, person in particular, Bonnie, who has brought it up a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to say that on Twitter, I received the following tweet uh, from a woman named Anita. Anita wrote, when I first discovered your podcast, it had been on about a year. I binge listened until I caught up. Then I was sad that now I have to wait a week to get the next one. I love it when it runs long. The longer, the better. Anita. Thank you, Anita. Yeah. The longer, the better. That is literally what she better. That is literally what she said. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have something to say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Remember, remember, remember. That's great that you like the long ones. The problem for me is we have done 224, 25 episodes. And if we keep doing this long a show over and over again, I just think there's a burnout factor here and we should do less. You think we're in danger of losing Anita despite what she says? I think. I think the whole picture has to be considered. The whole picture has to be considered. Consider yourself at, at home. home. Consider yourself so, part of the whole uh, picture. Wow, but, but, but Paula, I mean, in terms in terms of the length of the podcast, I mean, we're several minutes in, and we haven't even introduced this week's house band. Oh, oh, what was I thinking? I knew there was something else I was supposed to say. I was supposed to say, welcome back to tonight's house band, Doug Peck on the piano. You'll remember, Doug is a celebrated voice teacher and musical director based in Los Angeles. Where? Check out www.dougpeckmusic.com for more information. Welcome, Doug. And it's always great to hear that that old-fashioned piano. Yeah. What's new, Paula Poundstone? Honest to God, Adam, absolutely nothing. I, I, <laughs> I, I did have an, ooh, ooh, ooh. So I was being driven to a job in Illinois. The promoter was driving me in a rental car. And when we woke up in the morning, he went out to the rental car and the um, cataclysmic converter had been stolen. Oh, wow. The, the catalytic converter. No, ours was cataclysmic. <laughs> oh. In that, in that case, it was probably a good thing you got rid of it. Yeah, so it's, you know, like all day, uh, you know, drama with the rental car place, and then they said they were going to send a tow truck to pick us up, and then they didn't send the tow truck to pick us up, and then we had to take a lift, and the lift guy wow. uh, wouldn't let me put the windows up because I was coughing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. And meanwhile, I had on a mask because I wear a mask when I travel because with there, I don't know if you guys heard this, and forgive me, listeners, if, if you haven't heard this, I don't want to freak you out, but um, there's a, a pandemic that struck uh, a couple of years ago, and okay. we're still struggling with it. 
because we as a species are assholes. And so <laughs> we haven't worn masks and gotten, we are at, I think it's 4% vaccination. That's, that's absurd. No. That's crazy. In terms of the fine, the, where you should all have five shots now. Oh, I see. Total and, vaccination. Yeah. And oh. right. Totally. And, and people don't. And people say stupid shit like, well, we're tired of it. Like, you know what? Are you tired of going to fuck yourself? Because that's what I'm going to tell you to do. <laughs> so anyway, the guy wasn't wearing a mask. He's driving a lift car. And he's, but he wouldn't let me put the, and he literally had the controls up front. He like, he had like some sort of childproof window thing so that I couldn't put the window up. <laughs> oh my God. You know what, Paula, we talk about coincidences a lot on this show, but. We do. But, and sometimes we're, we make fun of such things. But let me tell you two things that happened to me last week. Number one, my catalytic converter was stolen from my car. Oh, no. And number two, I had a cold and was thus treated like, you know, a plague carrier whenever I left my house. See, I have a chronic cough. I've had a cough for, I don't know, 30, right? All the years you've known me, right? I have right. a chronic cough. It's yeah. always like this. And so I'm always treated like that. Yeah, I, I got a little taste of it. And now I feel some empathy for you, Paula. And I, I have something to confess. And I, you know, I love you, Adam. And we've worked together for years. Yes, we've been, yes. We've been, you know, friends and coworkers for a long, long time. Long but time, long time. When our catalytic converter was stolen, <laughs> I took yours. And <laughs> God damn it. So it's not exactly a coincidence, but I had to get from someplace in Illinois to another place in Illinois, and you're not going to do that without a catalytic converter. I don't know why you would bother coming all the way back to Los Angeles to steal my catalytic converter, but there it is. Yeah. Well, you know what? Desperate times, def desperate measures. Speaking of desperate, so, uh, do you know how, much, how long we're going to have to be without that car? At least a month, probably two. Oh my, oh, God. Boy. oh, my gosh. That's how backed up the supply chain is with these catalytic converters because people are stealing them all the time. Yeah, no, it's a situation. that You yeah. know what we're in right now? We're in a sitch. No matter what way you turn, we're in a goddamn sitch. Totally in a sitch. Oh. Speaking yep. of sitches, let's find out the sitch on some of our beloved cast of characters here on the show. Let's go to the Simi Valley, where it <laughs> no, lurks. don't come here yet. <laughs> All right, you know what? I'm Bonnie's not dressed. I wasn't in the meeting yesterday, and I didn't know you were going to go around. So let me just, give me a second. I'm turning the so, car around, <laughs> turning <laughs> south from the Simi Valley. <laughs> I feel stupid for make, made the trip all the way here, but now I'm heading down to Studio City, where they're in her own apartment, because she's living on her own. I am. In the, in the big city. It's Tony <laughs> Anita Hall. Woo! Uh, <laughs> I did not expect applause. Uh, let's see. This weekend, I went to the Madonna Inn in San Luis Obispo, which has been a dream oh, of mine. Yes. That's nice. Now, for those of you who are not on, on, on this coast, uh, the Madonna Inn is a legendary hotel uh, near San Luis Obispo, where, where the mission is. And every room is themed with crazy themes. Yeah. Um, so my best friend and I had a little girls trip and we stayed in the Portugal room. What was the theme oh. of the Portugal room? Um, it just had some wallpaper that I guess was supposed to be Portugal like. Uh, and that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> Boy, that's worth every penny. Yeah, that's the crazy theme. I have a picture of the wallpaper. Um, I might have oversold it, Paula. 
But um, yeah, it was just, Portugal. I'm not sure exactly what else made it Portugal. I love the dining area and the bar area because it's all pink, which I just adore. It's all pink? It's all pink. What are you, fucking Mamie Eisenhower? <laughs> I love it. Pink. Like, it's all, like, pink and, like, velvety pink. And it was so sweet. They had a big band music, so there were a bunch of people dancing. A lot of older folks come and dance on Saturday nights. And it was just oh, adorable like and sweet and wholesome. Oh, Wow. Sweet and wholesome. Well, I would. I'm just thinking that I wonder how we do in Portugal with our podcast, which is, you know, we're always trying to find listeners and and to be, you know, well known internationally would really help increase our our numbers. And so I wonder uh, how we do in Portugal. Uh, Tony, w- did you get a sense of Portuguese people being in the Portugal room <laughs> at the Madonna Inn? And having gotten that sense, do you do you think they might be open to listening to us? I think they're absolutely open to listening to us. Absolutely. I think this merits a, a Bonnie and Tony report. That's a good idea. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm really disappointed in the Madonna and I thought it was the kind of thing like, oh, you stay in the caveman room and it's like a real cave and there are rocks around the room and, and stalactites. And, and you go to the Portugal room and you got wallpaper. I got wallpaper and a blue leather couch, which was sweet. It sounds very much like the International House of Pancakes, quite frankly. (laughs) (laughs) How was the syrup? Were the syrup containers clean? Because that was really my major work when I was at the IHOP. Wow. Yeah. Portuguese. I couldn't think of the word Portuguese. I almost said Portugalian, which is not right. Portuguese. (laughs) No, it it would not be. No, it's... uh, it's Portugalactic. Portugalactic. <laughs> I feel so the, silly. The, the Portugalactic peoples. Yeah. Hey, let's nod and smile and back slowly away from Tony Anita Hull <laughs> and turn our attention to Bonnie Burns in the Simi Valley. Bonnie, what's new? We don't have a book club. We don't have a book club. We don't have a bookie, 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 book club. We don't have a book club. We're going around and seeing what's new, but I'm singing the song for you. (laughs) Bonnie, now I'm ready. I thought our listeners might miss that bookie, bookie, book club. I would doubt it. (laughs) I think that's going to rope in the Portuguese. Aren't, aren't you the one who says the show is too long? I know, but you've already made it long. That's right. You're right. Might, just, might as well add another hour in. When we don't have a book club, we don't need a theme song for the episodes where we don't. I mean, we still have a book club. We're just not meeting as a book club this week because we right. finished the Hacienda um, and uh, well, Tony didn't. but I did, did finish it. You just didn't yeah, start you just, it. You didn't start no, it. No, I yeah. did start it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but here's here's the thing. Here's what I want to talk about. So okay. I was, we've been thinking about getting a travel expert on the show, and I was just Googling to Wait, see. Wait, who's been thinking about that? I haven't. What's on my list? No, no. Paula, the next after. sentence out of her mouth is going to be, and you know who travels a lot? Expertly? Long-haul truckers. Long-haul truckers. <laughs> no, okay. So I was Googling, I don't know, the travel tips or something to see, like, what people were giving travel tips. So these were some tips that I ran across. 
You can get a portable weight checker to avoid overweight baggage fees. It's only $12 at Amazon, and it saves you all that time of either taking stuff out of your bags or having to pay the extra weight cost. By portable weight checker, do you mean a scale? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's portable. I mean, isn't a scale a portable weight checker? Are you... Did Amazon rip you off by selling you something you already had? No, it is a little, it's a little device. I've seen it. See? Tony, did you just fucking Google it? You did. She probably did. You did. But I have seen it before. (laughs) Okay. Here was another tip. Wear shoes with socks so that if you want to take your shoes off, you're not, and you're exposing your bare feet to everybody, which really gross. Wait, what's that a tip for? Or travel tip? Yeah. Didn't you know we oh, were I talking see. about travel tips? You got yeah, lost. Yeah. It's, 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 no, I didn't get lost. That's kind of silly. I know, you're right. I should have said, here's another travel tip. Here's another travel tip. Wear shoes with socks. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to take your shoes off, you've got socks on. First of all, I travel for a living. I have four million miles on American Airlines alone. And... I long ago figured out to wear socks if I wanted to. Okay. I've been on the road for 40 years. In fact, if you want some tips. <laughs> yeah, Paula, let's have some travel tips from you. Okay, here's wait, one. Wait, wait, let me introduce it properly. Here's Paula's travel tips featuring Paula Poundstone. Oh, that's a good idea. If you want to wear socks, you should. <laughs> this has been a travel tip. From Paula Pounce. <laughs> Let me know if you want to do another one. I'll set it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You okay. Do? Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Here's travel tips with Paula Poundstone. Here's Paula. For only $15, you can hire a carnival guy to pick up your luggage and tell how much it weighs. This has been travel <laughs> tips featuring Paula Poundstone. <laughs> Carney's yeah. welcome. Very helpful. Very helpful. I feel like we've really managed to uh, waste a lot of Bonnie's time right now. Okay, let's let's keep this show. Let's keep this show clipping along. We can't. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to say one thing. You know, Paula, we had that contest, you know, for people to win a Zoom party with me and you and 50 of their closest friends, up to 50 of their closest friends. People went wild over this. <laughs> people did not. Um, and as we pointed out for a few weeks, uh, people went wa- much more wild for things like the caterpillar on Bonnie's windowsill and Tony Anita Hall's birthday than they did for our contest. But we were pumping it for a couple of weeks, uh, thanks to Julie Bercopian's efforts. And we got a lot more responses. And I just want to report that the contest and all the entries is now closed and we shall announce the winner very, very soon. All right, moving on. I have to ask Paula. Every week, you have a vocabulary word to share with us. So by chance, do you have a vocabulary word for this week? Adam, I have to tell you something. Uh I've been serenading the listeners with sweet, sweet glockenspiel music and newly discovered vocabulary words literally for years now. Literally. Uh, Originally, the genius behind the vocabulary song was that by setting the words and definition to song and including each word for four episodes in the song, I thought I could easily fold the new words into my daily conversation. I'm finding, however, that sometimes I can't even remember if a word has already been in the vocabulary song before, let alone remember its meaning. 
I'm afraid, and I hate to admit defeat, but I'm afraid the vocabulary song isn't helping me remember words. And, you know, Tony doesn't seem to remember mostly either. No, she has let many an independent bookseller down. I I was about to say the last gasping breath of many an independent uh, bookseller. So what I thought I would do this week, really, because I haven't solved the problem in my head yet. I haven't figured out what I can do. To solve this problem, because I still, you know, I still see that as part of my mission. Um, but what I'm going to do this week is take a word that we've used before, and I'm going to go like that at okay. some point during the show, and tell one of you the meaning of this word, and see if you can remember it. It's a word that we've used before on the vocabulary song. We just have to come up with some way of making these words stick. I mean, I've always assumed that it was my memory that was bad. Then when I began asking Tony, and I realized Tony (laughs) didn't mostly know, you know, except for the couple of times she Googled it or had Julie just plain cheat. Uh, So, yeah, (laughs) I think it's, it's of concern. Well, you know, I don't want to be the bearer of I told you so, but when you started singing the vocabulary song all those years ago, I started pointing out that if you keep changing the lyrics to the song, then the song won't stick in people's heads with the words. You said that before? I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember that. Kind of the first day. I don't think you ever really did. Yeah, no, I don't think you ever said that. No, you songs didn't. are devices to be repeated, and if you if you if you repeat it, I want to live forever. See, yeah, yeah. If those words had yeah. changed all the time in the song, then people wouldn't remember any of them. I can't tell you how many times I heard that song on the radio when I saw the movie years ago, the Fame movie. Fame. Yeah. Uh, right, and this is how I remember that song. I want to live forever. <laughs> I want to learn how to fly. No, it's Fame. I want to learn how to fly. Remember, I see it coming remember, together. People remember. will see me and cry. Fame. I don't remember that. All right. Anyway, that's my plan. <laughs> that's my plan. Okay, it's a good plan. Hey, everybody. The great philosopher Soren Kierkegaard wrote, There are, as is known, insects that die in the moment of fertilization. So it is with all joy, life's highest, most splendid moment of enjoyment is accompanied by death. Okay, and that's why it was never safe to leave Kierkegaard alone in a room with a grasshopper. (laughs) We'll be talking about a much better way to fuck with bugs when we come back. And now, a news update from the dental chair. This has been a news update from the dental chair. Adam! Yes? One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And the sixth one has start a podcast. If that's you, (laughs) make 2024 the year you finally checked learn a language off your list with Babbel. 
Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. Don't do it. Or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And Paula, I got to say, I really appreciate the whole like getting phrases that are important to know in that language right away, like how to order food, how to ask for directions, how to speak to merchants. And I really dig more than that, the speech recognition technology, because even if some of our listeners think that I have a weird cadence when I am attempting to speak Spanish, (laughs) I am am speaking it well enough for the Babbel app to understand what I'm saying, at least when I do it right, like this. Listen to this. Adios, Carlos. Ya te vas. Si, es tarde. Entonces, buenas noches. Hasta pronto. I don't think you have a weird cadence. I think it sounds great. Thank you. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Yikes. And their football team is fantastic. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Is there some kind of special? Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription. Wow. But only for our listeners at babbel.com slash nobody. If I'm not mistaken, Paula, that is 55% off at babbel.com slash nobody. The one spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. And then you just add a slash and the word nobody. And it's 55% off? Yeah. Wow. Rules and restrictions may apply. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Adios. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula, 
Paula, I invited you over, but (laughs) you fell asleep. HelixSleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, guys, it's Adam. And tonight is January 3rd, and I am picking Giannis Antetokounmpo to score less than 36 points and James Harden to score more than 16. Why? Because I like beards. Am I putting a lot of money on this? I am not, because I'm not really a gambler, but I am having a lot of fun with prize picks. Prize picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, who I would lose to, you pick more or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in, or in my case, not. So I don't bet a lot. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo of three points made, plus receptions. Do I get that? Kind of a little bit. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. So, it's like an insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's prizepicks.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. And then drop by and see how I did with the Greek freak and Harden again on January 3rd. My hopes are not that high. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. On this day in unremarkable history, Thomas Jefferson said, Well, there are men and there are men, of course. (laughs) Thank you, house band Doug Peck, tickling those ivories with alacrity and skill. Yes, Doug Peck. Hey, Paula. Paula Poundstone looks pensive. Why is there a pensive Poundstone? You know, Adam, I was just thinking, we're a comedy podcast. Right. I I, I don't care what anybody says. We are. We're a comedy podcast. Yes, we are. And I pride myself in my mission of getting people through challenges with laughter. Sort of like how Maria Von Trapp taught the Von Trapp children to sing about their favorite things when they're scared or stung by a bee or bitten by a dog. Yeah, yeah. But you'll remember that when they were hiding in the in the convent graveyard and the Nazis were after them, little Gretel asked if that would be a good time to sing about their favorite things, and Maria said no. Yeah. Well. I mean, Adam, there are situations where singing about your favorite things just isn't enough. Or might even attract the Nazi attention. Well, precisely. Could be the big giveaway. Could be could be your end. And yeah. I hate to think about it, but there are times where, and I'm starting to breathe weird, there are times where laughter may not save us either. And I think climate change is one of them. Mm-hmm. I don't think government will always have all the solutions either. The private sector is going to have to up their game. There's got to be some way of solving some of our agriculture sustainability problems through private business. I mean, something major, something big. And I'm sure there's someone somewhere who has some big ideas, but I don't think I'll ever get a chance to talk with anyone about them. They're too busy with their big plans, you know. 
Yeah, you know, Paula, I guess we might as well just sing about the things we like then. When the dog bites. Bourbon and baseball and cinnamon Pop-Tarts. <laughs> oh, but wait, 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 wait. Before I do that, Paula, I just realized yes. that our guest today is exactly the expert that you're looking for. We don't have to sing. We have somebody we can talk to. What are the odds of that? That is a coincidence in a reusable decorative tin. Bug industry activist and CCO of Chiphole Farms, our returning champion who once made us eat bugs, but we forgive her and we love her. Please welcome back Allie Moore. <laughs> Allie, welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you. Welcome oh, back. Thanks so much for being with us, Allie. Thank you. Oh, my God. Ellie, I had no idea that soil was threatened. Jesus, what the fuck else can go wrong? Bonnie <laughs> Burns, who you may know from Garden Time with Captain Crinkle, told a lengthy tale one time about buying soil to, to plant tomatoes in. Perhaps erroneously, I kept telling her just to throw some seeds in the dirt. Is soil not the same as dirt? That was a discovery for me, too, recently. Um, yeah, since we last talked, I've moved on from trying to get people to eat bugs and figured out that we just need to get bugs back into agriculture to make things like soil and uh, fish or chicken feed. Uh, soil is not dirt. Dirt is inert, which rhymes. And dirt is uh, just uh, residue and anything, really. Soil, however, is an ecosystem, and it's super alive. It's... Um, organic material and residues. It's like a micro fungal network. It's air and water uh, and then minerals. So soil is kind of a microcosm of earth. I had no idea. Um, so in terms of this uh, soil, our soil being threatened, well, first of all, explain that. Yeah. So that one's, it's kind of complicated and it's, it gets pushed under the rug, just like any complicated problem. I feel like we've done that societally. Uh, we're actually losing. This is ironic because there are often bugs under there. <laughs> yeah. 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 And soil. And the bugs make soil. So we'll get back to that. But the soil loss is kind of hard to wrap your head around. We are losing about 30 soccer fields of soil a minute. Oh. And my brain doesn't work at scale often. Like I think humans have a problem with that too, but in 60 years, we could lose most of the productive topsoil in the U.S., for example, probably sooner than that. And it's because we just keep uh, degrading it. And in the 1970s, the Green Revolution was get bigger, get out. And we were like, grow more on the same soil. And you can't really do that. I mean, you can if you want depleted crops and to use pesticides and antibiotics and do all this to like try to force something off of the same piece of land. Well, what are we doing that's degrading the soil? Is it just using the same land to plant uh, new crops over and over again? Or are there other things that degrade the soil? So it's a whole ecosystem. There's kind of like a revolution happening right now, which is cool to see in a bunch of related industries where you might be working on your gut microbiome because we figured out that, oh, hey, like prebiotics and probiotics are kind of important. Uh, we have skin microbiomes. Oh, so we're learning all about microbiomes and microbiology. One of my heroes is Dr. Elaine Ingham, and she started a company years ago called the Soil Food Web. And she began dissecting, like, what is actually going on down here? Like, why is the dirt not doing what, what it used to? Um, and it turns out mm -hmm. that there's a delicate balance. And in nature, it's always balanced because everything happens in cycles. You know, we have the, the cycle of the day of all life. We have the water cycle, the 
the nutrient cycle and soil is a very like key part of that nutrient cycle. So we did agriculture big in the U S and we did it like a line. So there's a start point for things, you know, seeds and the dirt and soil production happens. And then we have waste and landfills, but in nature, there is no landfill. The nutrients that end up in the landfill turning into emissions are normally recaptured by like mushrooms or insects or other things. And then they are upcycled into really important parts of that soil cycle. So without allowing for that to happen, we have ended up here with a bunch of degraded, depleted soil full of pesticides, other chemicals like heavy metals and exposed to things like tilling and uh, no crop rotation, crop monoculture. So that's the long answer. In short, we don't really know in detail quite yet. <laughs> we're figuring it out, but we know that we're harming it. So we've ended up with a lot of dirt and, and heavy metal, like ACDC, <laughs> who I've never enjoyed. Um, so that Back in Black album was pretty good. No, I th- I'm not an ACDC fan. Dun, and one year, dun, dun, dun. one year at the Grammys, they had like a long, long play with ACDC. And I believe it created an international incident. Um, all right. I may have gone off topic. So um, maybe. So this, this <laughs> company that you're with now, what are they going to do that's going to help this soil situation? Yeah, so talking about soil, uh, kind of vaguely, something I've learned about working in impact-related industries, which I can say now because people don't turn away from that, it's just such a delicate balance. The things you're working on are complex. People don't want complexity. They want short, snippy answers. Uh, Same thing with business. I think we're in the midst of a couple revolutions beyond the microbiology one. We're also in a revolution of like true cost accounting, meaning like what's the actual value? Like We think that uh, we value people and the planet but we need to tie that into the the system that rules America, capitalism. So we have to find a business model that somehow takes a a couple of really complex systems and puts them into equations that work and end up with money. Uh, So the team that I'm with now is kind of a dream come true. You know, when you met me, I was 10 years into blogging about insects and trying to get the word out. And I've made friends with a bunch of people from the industry. And these are like, everything from academics to anarchists and like my uh, my heroes who have pioneered the space. There are bug anarchists? Oh yeah, more than not. <laughs> that's that's the the oh, common wow. thread. When you say revolution, um it's a revolution like do they have a little three-piece band that goes <laughs> with them like do 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 that kind of revolution? I mean, it depends on who you're talking to, but a lot of the the bug people I call them uh, they are so prepared for anything. They're, you know, hobbyists or business people or farmers. They got there in a variety of ways, but most of them are preparing to sustain life in a closed ecosystem. And they know what the missing ingredient is to do that. And they have a bunch of other science skills along the way. So government or not, they're there to survive. Oh, man, I got to suck wow. up to one of these people. I want to survive. Um, <laughs> so what is it that these buck revolutionaries are doing Uh, that will help this soil situation? So the simple version of it is just closing the loop. Um, It's it's more complex than that because there's a couple things we're changing. Food and finance are so related. But uh, the short is, instead of feeding landfills, let's just feed bugs. And it's a little more complicated because biology is like chemistry, 
times a billion. It's far more complicated than humans have figured it out yet. You know, we're just getting AI to churn out images, which is stunning and crazy already. But biology images of what? Well, AI has really taken off. And I don't know if you've used any of those apps where you can just type in like a sentence and then the artificial intelligence hallucinates like a picture for you. No. Oh, yeah. I'll send you some links there really wild. Um, but even that's nothing compared to what nature does and the, the technology that nature deploys. It's what has survived millions of years of R&D to, to make it to today. And nature is the expert on sustainable ecosystems. In the shortest and simplest way, how is feeding our waste to bugs going to close the loop? Can you just walk us through an example of that? Yeah. So you are a brewery and uh, you're making beer. It's a great business. You have all these wet distillers grains or spent grains that are a byproduct of the beer production. It's a runaway problem in some states like Kentucky. And you can pay a tipping fee to dispose of it at a landfill. Some people have figured out ways to sell it to like, you know, local livestock herds or whatnot, but it's a, it's a cost and it also contributes. And then you end up with drunk cows. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It depends on how much alcohol you leave in those grains, but, and it takes energy to transport the waste, to dry the waste if it's wet. Uh, And then when it ends up in a landfill, they decompose into methane and carbon dioxide and all these gases. Sure. So what if we could not do that and just copied nature and co-located a little insect mini farm next to where the waste is being made And now we've closed the loop on food production. Why? What are those insects doing that is good? So they are eating the waste and our team tinkers a little bit with it because there are ways to optimize that. But it's basically waste is no longer sent to a landfill. The valuable nutrients are recaptured by nature's technology. And then it upcycles them into two products. One is the larva itself. So the bug's body is incredibly nutritious, natural feed for chickens and fish and birds. And then their right. poop is called frass and frasses, uh, frasses like soil, basically like soil is made from the excrement and the exoskeletons of bugs. So it could be a big part of, of, of once again, creating usable soil in, instead of dirt. Oh yeah. Yep. That is fascinating. You know, Bill Vaughn said, We hope that when the insects take over the world, they will remember with gratitude how we took them along on all our picnics. (laughs) Well, before we get there, we'll talk more about letting the bugs make our picnics when we come back. The Cat of the Week is Libby from Portland, Oregon. My HBO special, Cats, Cops and Stuff, is out as an album. It's a delightful recording of me and an audience. I don't want to give away what I say on it, but I can tell you what the audience says. They say, (laughs) you're going to love it. You are. Stream Cats, Cops, and Stuff wherever you listen to albums. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jesus fucks. Get ready for the miracle of Mega, a comedy podcast from the staff of a fictional mega church. And, and not only does he fuck, but he's the best at it. I'm Holly Loren. And I'm Greg Hess. Our characters, Holly and Gray, welcome a new guest each week, played by some of the biggest names in comedy and podcasting. Like Scott Aukerman, Lauren Lapkus, Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, Cecily Strong, and Duncan Trussell. I just love to think about that, the light shining down on all those corpses in the water and Noah just going by and maybe, maybe a mom being like, please, we're running out of energy. Can you please let us on the boat? It's completely improvised and it's devilishly funny. Is there any question you have for us about, you know, what it means to live a life in Christ? I guess, how much do you think is bullshit? There's a new episode every Sunday. Listen and subscribe to Mega, wherever you get your podcasts. Best I ever had. Best I Y'all can do it. Y'all can do it. Y'all sing along. We, you know what I'm saying? Here go. Jesus, you the best. Jesus, you're the best. You the best. Jesus, you're Jesus, the best. You're the best. Okay, best never mind. Best I ever had. Best wow. I ever had. to talk to Trump. Talking to the former president can be difficult, but by practicing these suggested phrases in front of a mirror for just a few minutes a day, you'll be saying what you need to say to him with confidence in no time. Get a pen and paper and write them down. Today's phrase is... When the best thing you've ever done in your entire life is a cameo in Home Alone 2, it's time (laughs) to reflect. (laughs) And we're back with Allie Moore, who at one point made me eat a tortilla chip made out of crickets. Allie, welcome back. Thank you. I recall enjoying the mealworms. So there. Uh Uh, And you liked the lemon ants, too, didn't you? No, because I don't like lemon that much. Oh. Um, Allie, aren't pesticides one of the threats to soil? But but then insects help create the soil. So how did insects become the soil when they're a threat to plants? Do you see what I'm saying? There's something weird about that equation. That's a really great question. And the way you asked it, too. So science nerd time is the... Role of insects uh, in this complex system is circular. There are lots of different touch points. Plant defense is a huge one. And we see this from their frass, and I'll get to the larva in a second. But plants have natural immune systems, kind of. I don't know if that's the right term, but their roots have to defend against all this bacteria that's a part of healthy soil. Uh, so when there's uh, chitin, the exoskeleton, like the sheddings of the insect, that's in the frass. And that stimulates the plant's natural defense system, kind of like us getting a vaccine or um, yeah, fostering a healthy gut microbiome will be more resilient. So the frass itself helps uh, eliminate the need for pesticide use and stimulates just a healthy exchange of, you know, you need a little bit of tension in there. And the same goes for the larva, where antibiotic-resistant bacteria is 
probably going to be a bigger crisis than many other things in 10 years in our livestock and then in us. But if you feed birds and fish what they eat in the wild, shocker, you know, you don't really need as many antibiotics. So maybe we could feed them bugs instead of corn or soy and stuff like that. I wasn't feeding my birds corn. Thank you. <laughs> no, um, you, you were giving yeah. them too much antibiotics. You give them just straight penicillin, <laughs> right, Paula? That's right. I give them a vaccine. Um, all right. Here's an, impo- here's an important question. Allie, did you see Bugs Life? I did once upon a time. And how accurate is that? <laughs> well, you know, I think um, there was a food storage issue in Bugs Life and something about somebody being unprepared for the future. And we're, we're kind of there, I'd say. What about the bug circus part? Anything there? Is any of that? <laughs> Very well. Could be. So what you're talking about, it's a, it's a it's a business, right? Or businesses. And they raise these bugs. They would be near a facility like a brewery uh, or near a place that has this food waste that if it's put in a landfill, it creates methane. But if you have bugs eat it, um, both it saves us from the methane and then the bug poop also is the soil. So I see the loop. I get it. How many of these facilities might it take to correct our course? And what do you have to do to keep the bugs happy? I mean, I know in in a bug's life, they had a rich emotional life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the business model is circular, and that's a little abnormal. Um, but the best way to visualize it is a parent company and holding companies. So SPVs, special purpose vehicles. Um But the point of this is also to show that uh, because this model will need to happen uh, pretty immediately and anywhere that there's organic waste, it can work in your kitchen, uh, at a brewery, at a whole city level and for a whole country. So really at any scale. And then because it's so complex, it's taken us a bit to get here and then to get the team together, to do the whole startup thing, raise seed capital, get people to believe in the mission. We've built our first innovation center in Oregon, and that will serve as a proof of concept. And then we're in the process of getting our first commercial scale facility built um, in a state. And there's different stakeholders, but uh, once we prove it out, you know, the capital becomes less expensive. The first of its kind is the hardest to get money against. But if you're looking at the climate models, it's kind of terrifying. Um I've started going to therapy again for some climate anxiety, even though I'm working on a solution. But (laughs) no, absolutely. People who know what's happening, who really understand what's happening are terrified. Although I will say we interviewed uh, Michael Mann last week, who was an expert on uh, climate change. And uh, he was he kind of was optimistic, which was nice. I mean, he knew what we were up against, but he was saying that there were some things that were working. Maybe he was thinking about this. Yeah, I mean, humans are so resilient and we have enough Hail Marys at play that the only thing missing is cooperation and organization, which happens to be the hardest thing to do. But I, I believe in the the future of mushrooms, like we're going to be using them for plastics and materials and also to sequester carbon. Uh, to answer your question about how many facilities we need, uh, we have a project pipeline that is $1 billion plus. So if a project goes well in a city like that gets turned into a program, let's call one successful project seven or 10. Our existing pipeline is a billion and we would love to construct 20 facilities over the next 10 years. And that will only do 0.12% of the total carbon sequestration that we need. So we'll need a lot. 
I haven't talked to the rest of the uh, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone crew, so I hope I'm not talking out of turn here. But a uh, billion dollars, uh, uh, I think that we could... Uh, <laughs> no, Adam, yeah. I, I, I think we could, uh, we could I, finance you know, one of those. Yeah, I think we could, Adam. I could look in the piggy bank, but I feel like we might be a little short of that. Yeah. No, I think a billion dollars. You know, keep in mind, Adam, <laughs> I sell Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone sweatshirts. You do. And uh, the Poundstone Pussy Pillows. Uh, you know sure. what, Allie? Put us down for a, a billion. Uh, you know, Paula! You, you don't Again? have to put our name on Again? it. You don't, you, you, don't, you don't have to. Um, are there other benefits to the insect frass, which, by the way, is perhaps the best word I've ever heard in my entire life? And that reminds me of an important question, too, which is, um, what's the sass in sassafras? Is it? Well, is, sassafras. Is that where the... I think that's a poison. I, I had to check that. It's a beverage. I think it used to be no, used in root beer. No, sarsaparilla is a beverage. Sassafras is a tree. Yeah, it's a root, and it used to be used in root beer. Now it's sometimes a medicine, um, but I think it's highly toxic. Uh, but I'm not a botanist. Oh, boy. Well, certainly, you know, if you had a cough and you took sassafras, I guess it would put an end to the cough. <laughs> If it was highly toxic. Um, yeah. All right. So are there other benefits to uh, frass or it really is just soil? It's soil. Yeah. And there are, we call it too many aces. You know, we're losing the sales pitch because there's a lot of benefits to just closing the loop on production. It's more efficient. It's safer. There's all these like side uh, externalities that are positive for once to better immune outcomes. Um, frass is not just the exoskeletons and the insect poop, but it's also structure, which soil really needs. So if you've seen like a, I'm imagining the magic school bus, but where they zoom in, you get really small and there's all this soil. Yeah. Uh, if it's just sand, it's not going to hold anything, but if it's sand and then some pebbles and some other things like exoskeletons, it can now uh, hold water much better and you have less nutrient runoff, less chemical fertilizer runoff because this will still be used, um, better water retention. So it restores the integrity to soil structure, heals the nutrient capabilities of the soil, and then allows for other things like plant defense and, and whatnot to take hold. I have fairly significant water retention. <laughs> so if you wanted my poop, it's not a business. It's not going to be an industry. It's not going to be enough to save the world. But we, we, it's not where our next billion is coming from. No, that's coming from Poundstone Pussy Pillows. <laughs> no doubt uh, about it. Hey, Allie, that was excellent. And now we are going to take all the information that you gave us and we're going to run it through the old Poundstonator. Paula? House band Doug Peck on the piano, thank you. You sound fabulous. And we really appreciate you bringing your musical magic to our goofy podcast. If you could give me a little background music, Doug, I'll tell you what the old Poundstonator spit out. <laughs> Moore, bug industry advocate and CCO of Chipple Farms, thank you for once again bringing our attention to the importance of the forgotten, the cast aside, the often smushed with Kleenex, bugs. I, I, I think you're right about humans, by the way. Systems are hard for us to wrap our heads around. Most of us are happy not knowing the part that can't be seen. 
I mean, look at our elections. On the night before our elections, I just finished watching an interview with a Nevada election official who explained the laws that the Republican legislature passed about when and how the vote had to be counted, which would cause the completed count to take possibly up to 10 days beyond election day. And I turned to Twitter where I saw all sorts of posts claiming that any places that didn't have the results by the end of the night on November 8th had to be cheating. People don't know how the systems work. When I was a kid, my mother drove to the post office with some bills to mail, and she asked me to get out of the car and go inside the post office and drop the envelopes in the slot in the wall. Well, it never occurred to me that there were people on the other side of the wall. And, and one of those people, a postal worker, happened to be there when I dropped the envelopes through the slot, and he took them from the slot before I released them. It almost scared me to death. If, if, if I didn't know there were postal workers on the other side of the wall, why would I have known that bug waste and their exoskeletons were soil? To this day, I don't have any idea how the mail gets sorted and distributed. It's behind a wall. My light switch brings me light. My faucet gives me water. I push a pedal to drive my car. I have no idea how it works. How the fuck would I know about soil? <laughs> People still put plastic into recycle bins, but I don't think it's actually been recycled for years. Once it's in the bin, it goes on a magical mystery tour that we don't feel responsible for because we are blissfully ignorant of the system. This soil thing, although news to me and probably to most of our listeners, is crucial to our survival because food, it turns out, doesn't actually come from McDonald's or the ice cream truck or even from Whole Foods or the Food Channel. It comes from the earth. It's grown in soil. Soil is made of bugs and bug waste. Bugs eat our food waste, which otherwise causes methane production. It's a complicated system of which we are the stewards. She is the CCO of Chipotle Farms and bug industry advocate and activist, Allie Moore, returning champion, everybody. Thanks so much, Allie. Thank you, Allie. It's so good to know about a positive method. It really is. Thank you for continuing to platform bugs. Yeah, like you said, <laughs> there are solutions. Um, and I am also afraid of bugs, but, you know, just to make it a little more digestible, um, the, the pipeline's a billion dollars, but each facility is only 50 million. So that's why, we, you know, we'll get traction. Oh, my oh, 50 gosh. 50 million? I can write <laughs> a check right now for that. It's very yeah. possible. We, we had nobody listened to Paul Poundstone could finance two of those. Yeah. Paula, we're yeah. ready in for a billion. We hope that in the future, they'll be owned by the cities or by the businesses, make a lot of money from selling aqua feed ingredients these days. So hopefully it'll be a lot more feasible and, you know, we can actually see people owning these in their backyards. Wow. Ah, we'll get our billion back then. Hey, yeah. coming up, riddle me this. When is a riddle not a riddle? Probably when it's written by Captain Crinkle, but we all take a whack at riddling in our very first Poundstone Riddle Invitational when we come back. A detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, Is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. 
I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? The spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that's dismantling new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic walk into a bar, and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They dive deep into current events, such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem with, get this, proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I highly recommend you check out Conspirituality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the MAGAverse with Jordan Klepper or RFK Jr. flirting with body fascism. And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paul, I know, and you tell me you love it. I, I do. They're, they're fascinating. And my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven science. Science? And, and if, if there's any kids listening, that's a class we used to take. Proven yep. science as their ultimate guiding light. I love that. From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fun fact. Humans fart an average of 13 times per day. Most of these take place when a person is on an elevator with me. (laughs) I swear to God, I went and did a wait wait like three weeks ago, Paula, and Mm -hmm. I got on the elevator in that hotel we're staying in in Chicago, and Mm -hmm. somebody had obviously one floor before bombed the elevator and gotten off. It was the worst thing. I have something awful to confess. It was you! I knew it! I was in town for a different show, and uh, I'm so sorry. I was on the 17th floor, Paula. Yeah. Well, I was under a lot of stress because the cataclysmic converter from my car had been stolen. It's catalytic, but yes, yes. All right, well, just try not to do it again. Yeah. Thank you, Doug Peck on the piano. All right, everybody. Thank you, Doug. Hey, you know what? Before we go forward, Paula, you remember about 40 minutes ago when I said that I warned you about that vocabulary song uh, because you kept changing the lyrics and you said you never did, Adam, and then Bonnie backed you up saying you never did? I I don't remember that. I I just realized, it just hit me during this break that not only did I say it repeatedly, but that the fact that I said it is in the actual vocabulary song. No, that's, you don't think it's replicable. Yeah, you said it wasn't replicable. For that is what I meant by replicable. Oh. Oh. Jeez. Oh, 
if you go back and listen to those episodes, oh. the reason I said it wasn't replicable is because mnemonic devices and songs that help you remember only work if the lyrics are the same every time. Oh, for and if you change the lyrics, it's not replicable. For oh, four years, God. I didn't know what you meant by replicable. No, God me neither. <laughs> I thought you meant that you didn't hum the music, that the yeah. music wasn't replicable. Yeah. No, uh, uh, no my so point well. is that mnemonic devices have to be repeatable. You have to repeat them mnemonic. again and again and again in order for them to jog your memory. Oh, 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 Adam. What? <laughs> what? Adam. Oh, no. <laughs> What is the meaning of the word exiguous? Exiguous? Yes. I have no idea. Ooh. If only it had been in part of some sort of replicable song, I might recall it. Adam says my song is not replicable. Replicable. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, what does right. exiguous well, mean, Paula? Exiguous means it's an adjective that means scanty, meager, or diminutive. Okay. Oh, all right. Wow, that's yeah. good. That's good. Oh. Good to know. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, scanty, meager, diminutive. I'm going to write don't that you down. Wish. Why don't you? Somebody ought to put that into a memorable song at some point. All right, oh. but now it's time for something pretty amazing. All right. Hold on. Hold. Hold on. Uh, Tony, Tony Anita Hull. <laughs> yes. What does exiguous mean? <laughs> like oh, something Christ. like it's like <laughs> small, like tiny, small, insignificant, something like that. <laughs> okay. Well, you are, those are synonyms of the definition, and I appreciate that. What part of language is it? Adjective. There you go. That a girl. I, keep in mind that I think it was less than 30 seconds ago that I answered Adam <laughs> what the word meant. Okay. Uh, exiguous. It's an adjective that means yeah. scanty, meager, or uh, diminutive. Thank goodness the advertising economy <laughs> of a business doesn't depend on us. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Go ahead, Adam. Sorry to interrupt. Right. So now it is time for the first ever Poundstone Riddle Invitational. We asked everybody here not to bring a riddle, which probably would have been the smarter thing, but to write a riddle. And with that in mind, we've all written oh, riddles shit. that we will riddle each other with. Uh, hopefully, Julie will keep score. Right answers will be worth one point. I didn't know this was a competition. I didn't realize it was either, but I'm glad of it because I'm very competitive. <laughs> it's an invitational. Of course it is. Oh. Yeah. I thought it just meant you had to be invited. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and since it's the Poundstone Invitational, let's start with Poundstone. Pa Paula, read us your brand new riddle, and let's see if we can solve it. How is a glass slipper like Bitcoin? It'll break you? It'll break you? It's a uh, really poor idea. <laughs> uh, it's fragile? Uh, Tony, anything? <laughs> I'm really thinking about it. It's a really good, it's a good it's question. A, I hope the answer is a Tony, it's not, you can't Google it. It's not on Google. I, I just thought it up. I Google is, it. Yeah, bullshit. Um, how is it? Um, it's not a real thing. Adam was closest. <laughs> the answer is its owner doesn't plan well. Oh, how is a, gl yeah. how is a glass right. slipper like Very Bitcoin? Good. Its owner doesn't plan well. So does Adam Very. get a point? Uh, I, what do you think, Adam? Do you get a point? What do you think, Julie? Should Adam Julie. get a point for that? Yes. 
All right. There we Mark go. it down. Okay. Excellent. All right. There you Tony go. and Nina right. Hull, what's your riddle for us? Mine's easy. It's a one am I riddle. Okay. okay. I, I have a flat top, but I'm not a grill. I have legs, but I cannot walk. I can have leaves, but I'm not a tree. What am I? I got that one. A shrub? Oh, okay. I know. Paula, why don't you guess first? Well, I, I have no idea. I guessed a shrub, but uh, no, they don't have legs. Shrub doesn't have legs. I have legs, but I. Okay. All right. I don't. I don't know the. So my guess was a shrub, uh, it, but it doesn't okay. take well, into account the legs. Has leaves. Okay. Bonnie? Mine's a table. I I wrote down table as well. Table. Yeah. It was a table. It was a table. Yay, Tony. That was good. That was really good. It was a table shrub. It was a table shrub. All right. Go ahead. Bonnie Burns, what is the riddle that you wrote? I had to do this right on the spur of the moment because I wasn't on the call yesterday. And then you and Julie said. I told you last we night. We each have to write. No, right. I, me and Julie both explained it to we you. We have to write a riddle. But so then I went on Google and went, okay, here's a riddle. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> okay, so here we go. I'm flat. You like to chew on me and I don't like water. You're flat, you like to chew on me, and you don't like water. Oh, um, how about I'm flat sometimes? <laughs> you can't change it. You can't sometimes change it. I can't. Wait, wait, wait. No, I think she can. Me. Bonnie, what is, the, what is your like actual you. question? <laughs> you, I'm flat. I'm, just, like, I'm flat, and I don't like water. There's the chew. I'm flat, and I don't, I don't like, like water? It's not very helpful. That's, could be a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Paper. Your paper. You're close. Stick of gum. Not close. Well, Bonnie. They this- said some people chew on it. Oh, no, some you didn't. people. You didn't say some, some people, people chew on it. <laughs> you said you, said, okay, you like to chew some on me. Some people chew on me and I don't like water. There it is. That's it. Oh, my God. Um. Uh, flat thing right. that people chew on that doesn't like water. Bonnie, I feel like you, you're kind of missing the concept of the whole riddle thing. The tongue depressor? A toothpick? No, a pencil. <laughs> oh, my a God. Is not flat. A pencil is not yeah, flat. It is. I was, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, no one, well, no one above flat. the second grade chews on it. <laughs> And, and, and how it, is it? It's not flat. Carpenter pencils are flat. And, and how is I don't like water a part of the description of a pencil? Oh, my God. We have to, you know what? <laughs> we have to make a series of Bonnie's Riddles T-shirts. That is Bonnie's so great. <laughs> Bonnie, where did the I don't like water thing coming from? I mean, like. Because it, if it, you it put has, a pencil, you put a pencil in water and then the lead gets wet and you can't use it. Well, hopefully you're not still using lead pencils because those went yeah. out in the early 70s. But um, Why are you putting a pencil in water to begin with? <laughs> Wait a second. They don't have lead pencils anymore? They have lead pencils. No, they No, don't. they switched to graphite like in the <laughs> 60s or something. It's been like 50 years since there was a lead pencil. Lead poisons people, Bonnie. Bonnie was part of a writing group that wow. worked underwater for a while. Adam, do you have a riddle? They still sell pencil sharpeners. So what? <laughs> What's a pencil sharpener for? They call it lead. It's true that they call it lead, but it's not actually lead. It's graphite. Yeah. So a number two pencil is that made everybody in show wo- business uses that was so popular in show business, that's not around anymore? 
What does yes, show it business is. have to do with a number two pencil? <laughs> no, you see, I like that I knew. Oh, like we always use a number two pencil. They still exist, Bonnie. It's show no, business. No. Bonnie experienced the casting couch with some asshole that called his dick a number two pencil. It's, it's a- <laughs> well, and then I was thinking, like, if you have a pencil... If you stand it up in a glass of water, it's going to ruin the pencil because. It <laughs> but can't why would it anyone stand a pencil up? <laughs> well, I said a- I don't like water. Yeah, yeah. No, this is perfect. It's perfect. I you know, Bonnie, I got to tell you, if you put a table underwater, it would ruin it. But Tony didn't feel the need to put that in her riddle. Yeah, that's a weird. Yeah, it was a weird, you know. Right. Like with a cat, you might say, I don't like water because they have a reputation of not liking water. Yeah. But, or, you know, but yeah, <laughs> really a pencil, it's just not, no one would think of those two things together. Like you could say, uh, I don't belong on a runway. And, <laughs> and yeah, that would be a lot of things that, yeah. that aren't planes and models. Yeah, yeah. I can't do heroin. That could be one you could say. Pencils can't do heroin. And it turns out it's a, you know, I can't do it. It turns out it's a pencil. Yeah. No, that was, you really internalized that. That was good. So, Bonnie, if you were writing a riddle about pencils, you might say something like, I'm always in school, but I can never graduate. That would be like a riddle. Well, that'd be good. Yeah. No, no, I think yours is better. I can't believe you came up with that on the spur of the moment, Bonnie. That's amazing. I did. <laughs> like some of my songs, it just yeah, came to me. I can't believe it. Wow. I cannot like believe it. Adam, do you, do you have one? I, I do have a riddle. I'm thinking of a very popular book that has had a very popular movie made about it. It has more words than any other book ever written, and yet it has never been printed. What am I thinking about? Wow. Does it like water? It does not <laughs> care about water one way or the other. Wow. A book. This book. It's a book that has never. Very popular. Words. It's had a very popular movie made about it. Mm, it has wow. more words than any other book, but it's never been printed. Wow. It's never been it's printed. It's a real. It's a brain teaser. Yeah. No, this is very good. I, I have. Your brain is teased, right? Yeah, is it ever? You've said to it, na 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 na. You are exiguous um, to my brain. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, using your own vocabulary word against your brain. All right. Yeah. Time for people to take guesses. <laughs> I don't even have a guess. I have no the Torah. Idea. It's never been the Torah. No, never Bonnie, mind. A, that I, that's <laughs> a reasonably good guess, but it has been, I, it has been printed, it's and it's not that printed. long. Yeah, and, uh, there, but there has—it's very popular, and there has been a movie made about it. I, I like that, and it is long. Movie it's a good guess. It. it is, however, wrong. Noah's Ark. That's a good Noah's one. Ark but is, that is doesn't fulfill any of the requirements <laughs> of that riddle. Not a. And it do, and Noah's Ark does <laughs> like water. Like so water. there was a movie. There was a movie. Yeah. And it, yeah. No, okay, so the answer I was thinking of Facebook. Oh, oh so good. Oh, that's that really, really good. Wow, that's yeah, good. That's really that's really very clever. impressive. That's really good. Thank, yeah. you. Thank you. Well, you kind of cheated because you didn't say that it didn't like water. <laughs> You're right. And so that really. <laughs> I want a that's point. Fair. Okay. That's fair. Everybody gets a point. Uh, yeah, I get a point for that. Bonnie's had no point. Um, all right, here and we yet go. it involved right. a pencil. Uh, how, how is a litter box like my soft, warm comforter? 
Your cats pee on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tony gets a point. The answer is my cats will poop all over both of them while I'm asleep. Uh. That's close <laughs> enough, Tony. Okay. How is a call to investigate Anthony Fauci like a fart machine? Uh. It's full of hot air. No. It stinks. No. <laughs> Tony, that was my anything? answer. <laughs> Uh, how is a call to investigate Anthony Fauci like a fart machine? Sure does sound like it's coming from an asshole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. How is the separation of church and state like me losing 20 pounds? It's a great idea, but it's never going to happen. But they're both great ideas that don't have a shot in hell. How are Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, and John Eastman... Like three left-handed mittens in the lost and found. They're never right. Very close. <laughs> There's something not right about every one of them. Oh, uh, that's good. How is a MAGA like a Nazi? <laughs> well, they're exactly like each other. Yeah, it's not really riddle. Okay, that one doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> That, 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 that one. Yeah, that, there's more than one correct answer there. That one's, okay, never mind. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll have a riddle. Right, right, oh, riddle. look, it's Mrs. Uh, Culpepper, uh, everybody's uh, favorite well, Southern Bell hand Mrs. puppet. Culpepper. I, I've, yeah. I've come up with this at the last minute, so uh, don't, uh, don't hold me to it. Uh, um, uh, and Bonnie Oz was intrigued. Uh, <laughs> how is a, a cheese wheel like a game of Russian roulette? I would say, Mrs. Culpepper, just because of my knowledge of triotoxism and the risks it poses to certain people, that it seems fun, but it can kill you. Well, that is essentially correct, Adam. How is a cheese wheel like a game of Russian roulette? Either one can kill you dead. That is correct. <laughs> uh, but I've never actually met anyone who knows anybody who died of triotoxism. Well, that's why I have to correct you, Adam Felber. Uh, you might want to put this story into a song that is replicable because you seem to keep forgetting. Captain Cole Pepper, my late great husband, expired as a result of uh, 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 taro Oh, you're right. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Cole Pepper, to, uh, to dredge up that memory because uh, uh, that was just wrong of me, and I'm sure it was extremely painful to watch that happening because I understand it's that the effects of trotoxism while someone very is painful. suffering from it are it's gruesome, right? It's very painful. Uh, yes, you're correct about that. It was a, yeah, I, I'm sure you don't uh, want to re relive any moment of that. I'd imagine it comes with intestinal distress and uh, perhaps a change in skin color, uh, especially at an occasion that's supposed to be happy. Yeah. It was very, it was uh, painful to watch. It was gory. It was grueling. It was, it's a terrible uh, memory. Uh, 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 terrible memory of <laughs> I'm sorry to make you relive that. I, I really should have remembered. I, I mean, yeah. I should have re remembered the Edom cheese that, that got him, too. The what? The Edom cheese, E-D-A-M. That was the cheese that oh, he no. ate, right? Oh, no, Adam Felber was not the Edom cheese. It was the goo that got him. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> and I think I, with I, that, we, uh, we've come no! to our last... Uh, Adam, Adam, answer the phone. What? Yay. Answer the phone. The phone's not. Oh, um, Paula, didn't you hear the whole thing about like Bonnie wanting the show to be shorter? So maybe Adam, if we just the, let the, the phone ring. The phone. 
<laughs> no, I'd, I'd rather not. I think I think we should honor Bonnie Burns more than we yeah. have been. She's asked no. for a shorter show. And... No, it's been a much shorter show. Adam, answer the phone. God damn it. Okay. Um. Hello. Adam, it is I, Cher Eva. Am I the hundredth caller? Hundredth. Oh, that's right. Paula launched a new hundredth caller contest. No, Cher Eva, you are in fact the first caller in this stupid contest. I knew it. I knew it. Okay, and if you knew it, why did you ask if you were the hundredth caller? I forgot to move the decimal in my mind's eye in my excitement to win the 100th caller contest and receive the grand prize of the biographical tour of Adam Felber's life. So many formative <laughs> locations. I can feel how excited the listeners are about the contest, Adam. I can already tell you that when I call next week, I will be the 100th caller. Seems doubtful. If you'd like, and it doesn't freak you out too much, I can help you plan the next contest where the listeners can win a trip to the places that you'll go in the future, Adam. Uh, thanks, uh, Sheriff Eva, but I don't think you really know where I'm going to go in the future. You're freaking out, aren't you? No. <laughs> My ability to see people's future can freak them out. You're not the first. Do you feel like you're spinning, Adam? No, I don't feel like I'm spinning, Cher Eva. It's just a feeling, Adam. You're not spinning. I Try to focus. No. Focus on a spot in your non-threatening environment and breathe deeply. <sighs> that spinning sensation <laughs> will begin to abate. My ability to see your future is nothing for you to be frightened of. I'll show you. You're in the room where you record your podcast. Is that correct? Of course. Of course well, I'm in the room where I record the podcast because I am recording the podcast. Well, somewhere in the near future, you'll be leaving that room. Am I right? Obviously, I'm going to be leaving the room. You're freaking out, Adam. You're freaking out. Now I am! Pick a spot to focus on. Maybe the door where your wife sometimes cries. My wife doesn't cry at the door. I am going to hang up now, Adam, because you have to go. Yes, I do have to go. I knew it. I knew it. Goodbye, Adam. Goodbye, Cher Eva. Oh, my oh. God. Is that 100th caller contest really a thing, Paula? Is that really going to happen again? It is. It is. Adam. Yes. Adam, answer the phone. <laughs> no. No, not again. Yeah. I really... Answer the phone. God damn it. Hello? Hello? Am I the 100th caller? Oh, it's Winnie Feynman. No, you're not the 100th caller. You are, in fact, the second caller in our second... 100th caller contest, and you won the first one, Winnie. I did, and you never, you never hung out with me. Adam? Yes, Winnie? I have a, I have a riddle for you. Oh, wow, so you're taking part in the Poundstone Riddle Invitational as well as the 100th caller contest. Yes, even though I wasn't invited to the Invitational. I, no, you were not. How is a hot like a bagel? Oh, my God. It, <laughs> It's going to be something about the giant hole in your heart like a bagel. Is that what this is going to be, Winnie? No, it isn't. Are you sure? It feels like you're that's exactly what you You're not going to get a point for that. No, that's no, you, not you, what you, it you, is. That's definitely what it was, Winnie. That is not what it is. Okay, Winnie. Then I give up. How is a heart like a bagel? 
a man can just cut it in half and get another. <laughs> wow. That was even more tragic than what I guessed. <laughs> All right, Winnie. Well, uh, I, you seem really distraught. Are you okay? How's everything going with you and your mom? My mother's still upset. She doesn't even know I'm talking to you on the phone because you have a crock pot. I don't have a crock pot, Winnie. <laughs> you I, I do. You I, have I never, I never you are... received a crock pot in the mail, and I didn't want you, one. You borrowed a crock pot, and you, you broke it, and you never returned it to her. My mother's very upset with you, and I am very upset with you. The reason I want to win the 100th caller contest is because... I would like to go to the places that formed you as a man. And I would like to find the place that made you turn bad. <laughs> turn bad? Winnie? Winnie, that's, I, I never turned bad. I, I like to think of myself as a good person. I used to be in love with you, Adam Velma, but I'm not in love with you anymore because you don't meet your obligations. You didn't do the play at the... Herschel Bernardi. Lo lo love texts? You didn't do the love texts play? You didn't hang out with me after the game like you were supposed to? I was with... How many fucking times did I call for that 100th caller contest? So I would rather not spend time with you, but just go on the biographical tour of your life to see what maybe went wrong. Winnie, here's an idea. Why don't you just try to let me go? Try to forget about me and move on uh. with your life. Don't even take part in this contest. I'm not worth it, Winnie. Just let me go. <laughs> Do something else. Didn't Cher Eva say you were busy? I have to go now. Okay. Bye, bye Winnie. Do you know the bagel man? The bagel man? The bagel oh, man? Hang up the phone, Winnie. <laughs> All right. <coughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Um. Bonnie Burns. Bonnie Burns. Yeah. Bonnie Burns. Yeah. What does exiguous mean? It means scanty or little. <laughs> Something little. It's an adjective. Didn't you write it down? <laughs> I wrote down scanty, and then I remember Tony said something little. Don't cheat off Tony's paper. And I remember <laughs> adjective. Yeah. That was very good, Bonnie Burns. Yes. Uh, exiguous means... Uh, it's an adjective that means scanty, meager, or diminutive. Um, and that's the kind of show that Bonnie wants to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You've spent the last 20 minutes driving a stake through the heart of that idea, Paula Poundstone. <laughs> no, I love the last 20 minutes. <laughs> the right. last 20 minutes were for you, Anita. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. Hey, nobody's. If you have questions or comments, drop us a line. You don't call us for the 100th caller contest. You drop the line at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Hey, Paula, what's going on in your Poundstone product empire this week? Well, Adam, as you know, I've given up on the world of high-powered promotion for my live shows and products. And it's a good thing I did, too. I don't think I could have made it through these last couple of weeks with all the stress our country is under 
and continued to bang the drum from the rooftops, telling people that on Friday, December 16th, I'm going to be in Johnson, Vermont, at the Dibden Center for the Arts. My tour schedule and ticket links are on the tour page at paulapoundstone.com. And popular Paula Poundstone products, like the Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone Hooded Sweatshirt, are at the shop at paulapoundstone.com. That's all people really need to know. Go to paulapoundstone.com. Outside of that, what I've been doing for this section of the show, the, the plugorama, I call it, is just putting information about my shows and products, each one on a little piece of paper and putting them in this fishbowl. I also include a paper with a, a piece of trivia, and, and I randomly pull out a couple of papers, I read them, and we move on. I'm happy, you're happy, Heidi's happy, what could be better? So here I go. Oh, Oh, and I even put in a piece of paper in the fishbowl with the information about your other podcast, Adam. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the first one. Reach in. Fingers crossed. Pull out the paper. Oh, my gosh, look there. Dad Not- Band Land. Dad Band Land, the music commentary podcast from the point of view of a neighborhood cover band that listeners can listen to on all of the major podcast carriers like Apple Podcasts. And they can follow Dad Band Land on Twitter or Instagram, at Dad Band Land. Let, let me just pull out another piece of paper from the fishbowl. I, I don't fucking believe it. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. What are the odds of this? Dad Band Land. My podcast. Dad Band Land. The music Commentary podcast from the point yes. of view of a neighborhood cover band <laughs> that listeners can listen to on all the major podcast carriers like Apple Podcasts. And they can follow on Twitter or Instagram at, at DadBandLand. Okay. Whew. Let's grab another. Ah, oh, fuck. Another fish. We have to remember to empty the fishbowl <laughs> before putting the papers in. Wait. There's something in the fish's mouth. Let me just do a little fish Heimlich here. Ah! Oh, man, that is gross. Oh, wow. What are the odds of this? It's another Dad Band Land one. It's a music commentary. It's hard to read. It's wet. <laughs> podcast from the point of view of a neighborhood cover band, and it features our own Adam Felber. That's it. That's it. It's the whole thing. That's your plugs? Yeah. I, I don't even know what to say. That seems very unlikely, and it's like a Christmas miracle, even though we're in the second week of November. It's I, all uh, there, it's random, uh, Adam. It's all it's all random. I just reach in the old fishbowl and I and, didn't think that you'd be I I never thought that would happen. Yeah, Wendell, you want to put this fish in water? It's, yeah, uh, good luck oh to that fish. God. Well, I have yeah. nothing to plug, Paula, because I was gonna mention Dad Band Land, you know, and <laughs> Well, let me, let me tell you a little something about Dad Band Land, my friend. It's a What's music that? commentary podcast from the point yes. of view of a neighborhood cover band. That we are a cover band, yeah, and we talk about music. That's exactly yeah. what we are. I just want to then, I have one other thing to plug. I, I think our listeners should go to paulapoundstone.com, click on the button that says tours, and find out where Paula's going to be next because she's always out on the road these days now that the pandemic is over. Also, you can drop by the store and buy some of Paula's products, including her patented pussy pillows, the Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone sweatshirt, and even her worm castings. Well, I have news for you, Adam. Paula's not out on the road, and I'll tell you why. She is staying home to listen to Dad Band Land, the music commentary podcast from the point of view of neighborhood cover band. 
And the listeners can listen to on all the major podcast carriers like Apple Podcasts and can follow on Twitter or Instagram at Dadbandland. It's a a good show, but uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yep. Yep. Well, I feel I feel like 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 Ebenezer Scrooge on Christmas morning. I I think Paula, take this coin and go buy the biggest turkey in the window uh, down (laughs) down near your uh, doctor's office. The one hanging in the window, the one twice as big as me. Yes, take this and, and and keep the change. I love you. God bless us, everyone. Remember to follow this podcast on <laughs> Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It's free. If there's a subject or topic that you'd like to know about, tell us. We're at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And that's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Special thanks to our guest, Allie Moore. Woo-hoo! Yeah. And thanks to our house band on the piano, it's Doug Peck. Doug Peck. We love you, Doug. Doug Peck. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Julie Burkobian. Edited by Vic Lowry. Starburns production by Land Romo. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service that Bonnie Burns could not live without. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Yeah, we use that uh, transcription service here. It's internationally used. uh, So they do a lot of transcribing in Portugal. And uh, um, Tony knows all about it because she stayed in the Portugal room at the Madonna Inn. At the Madonna Inn, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. which sounds only vaguely Portuguese. But, you know, it strikes me. I'm glad that we asked Tony and Bonnie to do that report. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. For one, it's a good idea. We can get us listeners. And for two... I don't know that they're pulling their weight around here, Paula. I mean, you and I really <laughs> delivered when it came to riddles. Like, I brought a really good riddle. That was a really good riddle. And you brought many riddles. Yeah. Uh, what I did was I went with qu- quantity as opposed to quality. Yeah. And I think that worked out. But Bonnie and Tony went with neither. I fucking brought yeah. a riddle. You know You're what? not it's part not of this, Tony. It's not your turn right now. This is part <laughs> where just Adam and I talk. I didn't even know you were listening. Um, wow, boy. <laughs> They are such, they are such Budinskis, those girls. Um, yeah, they are. They cannot stop living. themselves. To be fair, Tony's riddle was vastly <laughs> superior. I tried. Bonnie, you're not part of this. Yeah, this okay, is just me. No, this no, is a Paul no, and no, Adam thing. No, no, this is just me and Adam talking. We're just okay. You know. What's why? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, no, okay, no. doesn't people what? use it, and it's hard to carry. What's why people use it, and it's hard to carry? Um, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, a hockey rink. <laughs> a football stadium. A what? A football Adam stadium. said a football stadium. Grandma, I said a hockey rink. No, it's I'm going to go with a 747. Balls. It's a 747. Do you have a guess, Tony? Is, oh, it's flat? Tony, it's not your turn <laughs> no. right now. It's not your turn, Tony. You're not here. I'm wide. People wide. use me, and I'm hard to carry. Uh, uh, do you like water? Ooh, it could be I'm, me. I'm, I'm going to go with the winner. <laughs> Good joke, Bonnie, but a terrible riddle. Oh, shit. Are you still angry at Zero Mustel after all these years? No. Okay, what Tony say? I don't have a oh guess. Oh, my God. 
Tony, it's not your turn right now. This is the time. Where <laughs> for us. Just, I went with zero yeah. Mustel. Uh, no, no, yeah, no. I went with just, yeah, no. I can Yeah, and why people enjoy me. This could work for a lot. People use Bunny. me. Bunny. Yeah, Bunny, it's not a good riddle. Bunny. It's not a good riddle. It's a mattress. Oh, that's You know what? I'll tell you what. No, it's not. And neither of you are here. This is so painful that what I'm going to do right now is get back in this catapult. And wait, 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 Paula, move I'm over. Gonna, I'm getting in with I'm gonna you. I'm going to pull the catapult back. Move over. As, I'm getting in. I'm getting in. Far- <laughs> <laughs> I am not staying here. <laughs> You're going to leave me alone with them? No way. All right. We could do a report on the history of the pencil. <laughs> okay. That sounds Paula, really just- bad. You know what I thought would be a good idea for a report? Tonga. Bonnie, you think pencils are flat, so you stay out of this. Yeah. Tonga. Yeah, I'm Who flat. knows about Tonga? People like to chew on me. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Paula, cut the rope. Let's get out of here. Ready? Ready. Three. Five. Four. Four. Three. Three. Two. two. Wait, you're fucking on my. <laughs> A podcast network. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and... Two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code helixpartner20. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but (laughs) you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code.